Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Good morning, Patrick. How's it going? Pretty good, Jeff. How are you doing? Doing well, my friend. It's uh, cooled off a little bit. Thankfully. Last week was pretty darn hot. Oh, oppressively hot. Yes. Even though it wasn't like humid the last two days, that heat was still beating down on everybody. Yes. Yeah. Everybody. Like, damn. I was like, damn, man, what did I do to you? (laughs) Yeah. And then I saw some memes. It's like, you know, whatever you're cooking, it's done. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) More than done. It's more than done. Turn the grill off, please. Yes. Please turn the burner off. <laughs> Oof. Um, yeah, other than that, it's a pretty good week last week. Um, Saturday, got Kyla got to come this weekend. Nice. So, um, the movie she wanted to see started kind of late, so we didn't go to any movies in the theater. So instead, we watched a couple movies that she hadn't watched that were on streaming. So nice. she wanted to watch um, Guardians 3, so we watched yeah. that first, which she liked. You know, She had some... Moments where she thought certain people weren't, weren't going to make it through the whole thing and, you know, felt the emotions of it. And then um, we watched Transformers Rise of the Beast. Mm-hmm. She didn't really have much to say about that. So I just kind of took it like, yeah, she didn't she didn't care for it. But it was cool. You know, um, I still that was like the second time I watched it since the theater. But I still like that scene when Bumblebee comes back because the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, man, all this action going on. I know Bumblebee would love to get involved in all this. <laughs> he would oh, love yeah. it. And then. Get to the end, and he finally comes back. I was like, "Yeah, there we, we go." Had, yep, had to side- as it should be. Had to sidetrack him because he had his own movie, so it's like, "All right, you had your your sh- time to shine, so we'll bring." Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> we'll bring you in later. But um, and then Sunday, finally got to do steaks and baked potatoes, which has been a month in the in the making. So I had um about three New York strips and two ribeye steaks, and okay. pulled out both air fryers. You know, I you know clean the clean the steaks. Season yeah. them up real well, and it took, I guess, a total time was maybe 45 minutes, 50 minutes for in total. Um, because that middle, even though like I kind of lanced it in the middle, the yeah. middle still just wouldn't get the temp, so it t- still took forever to do that. <laughs> so, but um, I did one last little grill to them, like another six, seven minutes, and it finally, finally got cooked all the way through because I don't like meet him well or rare or nothing like that like a well done like dead like my meat dead (laughs) but um they turned out well and even did the baked potatoes in the air fryer like 40 minutes oh good to go yeah you put about one cup because i have a power excel also a ninja foodie but the power excel put about a cup of cup of water in put some oil on the outside of each potato and then about 40 minutes 375 on the grill setting it's good to go yeah Okay. Okay. Yeah, we didn't do any of that, but <laughs> I mean, Ruth might try it though. I mean, she likes using that air fryer that we have. I, I'm good. So yeah, I, I, like I stay it. away. I stay away from stuff like that. Yeah. I don't need to be breaking stuff that in mind. <laughs> yeah, because my mom and sister they tried to use it one day when I was at work. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, we did something wrong. Maybe you could show us how to operating like well it's pretty easy but yeah but i guess just i don't watch so many videos on them i kind of know it <laughs> yeah oh sure do your research <laughs> shoot yeah 
but it's inspired me to cook. So I'm like, I mean, I know I could do an oven and skillet and stuff, but it's a little different. Still, you got to prep everything and go through all that, but it kind of cuts the time down, especially, you know, ovens takes about 15, 20 minutes to preheat. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of cut some of that down, but I like it. It's motivated me to cook more instead of doing, doing fast food. Yeah. So that's I'm a big thing. It. I didn't feel bogged down after eating. You know, normally it's like nap time. I'm like, no. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, let's see. Usual stuff during the week. Um, kids are getting closer to their... Next Krav Maga to, uh, belt test. Okay. That'll be York has his on September 11th. So, you know, that'll be good because we won't ever forget. Um, hashtag never forget <laughs> <laughs> his belt test on that day. Um, and then Grayson's will be on the 12th. Okay. Uh, my mom's coming down for a visit on the previous Thursday, the 7th, because Grayson's birthday is the 10th. So. I think she's staying for both belt tests because originally I think she was going to leave on Monday. So I think she might be staying a couple extra days, which will be ni- which would be nice. So right. she can see all that because um, it's definitely been a while. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's see. Friday, York and I went to our second emo uh, pop punk emo concert of the year uh, with All American Rejects, that which was. They were the, they closed it out. Newfound Glory, mm-hmm. the starting line, and the Get Up Kids. The lead singer of the Get Up Kids, Matt Pryor, is also has also has another band called the New Amsterdam's. Not pop punk, more I guess rock. I guess I don't know. It's hard to kind of really genre that one, but yeah, uh, we had York's mom and I. Had seen the new Amsterdam's back in, according to her, I think 2006. Somehow she was able to look it up and find out when we when that concert was. And it turned out it was August 24th, I think, mm-hmm. or 26, 2006. And we watched, uh, and we had watched the Get Up Kids on Friday the 25th. So literally almost. Mm, 17 years to the day <laughs> yeah since the last time we saw them so it was pretty cool yeah that's cool yeah um yeah and it was at municipal auditorium which is not a large venue um, yeah i've heard it's not best suited for like concerts <laughs> it's not because yeah. the acoustics the the acoustics seemed we were dead center so it should be like perfect right but it's it's not because uh I was like, they sound a little muffled or just a little off, you know? And I'm like, maybe it's just the way the acoustics are in this building, because I think it's made more for, like, sporting events and things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, which is ironic, too, because it's the Music Hall of Fame. It's also, then, <laughs> it's also it in the upgrade. building. A part yeah. of it is definitely is also a part of the building, so it's kind of funny. I mean, it's the oldest building, you know, like, sporting building uh in nashville so okay because that one and of course then they made bridgestone and then of course the amphitheater and now they got the soccer stadium too so yeah anyways and then uh one of my favorite bands that i'd seen two other times two or three other times the starting line they were second and yeah it's like yeah they seem a little off too so it's not it's i know it's not them but 
also, I, I, I'm not 100% sure how well everything's tuned up for mm-hmm. opening X as opposed to the main X. So right. A little bit of that could have had something to do with it. Then Newfound Glory was, you know, but I loved, I rocked out to, all, well, all but two of their songs because two of them were from like the more recent album that I have that I didn't really care for as much, so I didn't know the songs as well. Yeah. Uh, didn't completely embarrass York, so that was good. Better <laughs> luck next time. And then uh, Newfound Glory, yeah. He really liked them, so that was awesome. And then All American Rejects was an interesting show. I forgot they had actually, I looked it up, I forgot that All American Rejects actually opened for Blink-182 the last time they were in town uh, back in 2016 when I went and saw them. So it's funny that two shows a month apart. Same acts, but separate. (laughs) Yep, separate and, you know, seven years apart. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was it was a great time. We had a, we had a it was some good bonding time, and yeah, there. It the only thing that sucked was getting there because the traffic sucked, mm-hmm. and there was a tight a, a home Titans game, and I had to exit off, or had me exit off at twenty four onto James Robertson right there by the, where everybody's parking and trying to get to parking for the Fun. football game. I go, <laughs> I was like, crap. That's why I don't go downtown. I try not to. Well, I, I try not to, but. Yeah. I also didn't want to go like Broadway and then try and get, you know, cut across. I mean, I guess I could have gone to Charlotte and just taken it to Rosa Parks and then, but it's fine. I yeah. Know. Still got there. Still had a great time. Still got home. And then, uh, yeah, um, Saturday just rested because I'd only had four or five hours of sleep because I still had to work Saturday morning mm-hmm. after us getting home at like 1230. So, yep. So I was ready for bed early. Yeah. Just why I didn't go to the movies Saturday night. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, yesterday we just chilled when we, or I take, since it was the $4 movie, mm-hmm. uh, National Cinema Day, we, we, uh, Ruth, Grayson, and I, because York was with his mom this weekend, went and saw the Super Mario Brothers movie in 40X. It, wasn't until the movie started that we realized it was 3D 40X. Okay. And I just remember Grayson saying when we went and saw Little Mermaid in 3D 40X, I just want to see this in 3DX because I don't like wearing the glasses. <laughs> However, she didn't say a word during Mario about okay. it. So it made me feel better. It's somewhere in her <laughs> repressed memory that just yeah. didn't come up. Yep. Thank goodness. But I was a little. This was Ruth's first 40X experience. Mm-hmm. So I was a little worried because her and Grayson both take like Dramamide whenever we go on long road trips. Grayson doesn't really need it most of the time. It's more of a precautionary thing. Yeah. Because she has in the past gotten road sick or car sick in the, during trips. But so for her, it's more of a precautionary thing. So I did tell Ruth, you might want to be sure to take some Dramamide just in case. I said, I don't think it's going to be very rigorous. Yeah. Because it's a kid's movie, and they're usually, the 4DX is a little more chill. This was a good happy medium okay. between, let's say, Little Mermaid and Wild Wild Crocodile. Between that and then most of the movies York and I see in 4DX. This was like the good happy medium. Because kind of totally it, it still was moving around pretty good. Yeah. And you know, got a few pops in the shoulder blades. You know, yeah. Especially during the Mario montage training scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely got some pops on his shoulder there. 
But it was all in all, it was a fun experience. The 3D was really good, actually. And granted, yep. yes, we had this movie at home, but it's more about the experience this time around. Right. So, and it was like 9.20 in the morning, so... Yeah, but there was a good amount of people there because guess what? If it's four dollars for everything, people gonna come. You're gonna out. get some butts and some seats. <laughs> yep. Because <clears throat> I had somebody asking me about Blue Beetle or Gran Turismo, mm-hmm. and I'm like, can't go wrong with either one, really. And then yeah. plus Sunday, everything's four dollars, and he's like, yeah, it's probably gonna be a lot of people out though. I'm like, more than likely because it's about the cheapest right. you. It's it's the cheapest you're gonna be able to go see a premium movie. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, yeah. So I was the like, last time movies were that cheap, I saw. Well, and granted, it was four twenty-five, but mm-hmm. still, I saw The River Wild with Kevin Bacon, uh, Meryl Streep, and David Strathairn. And then came home. I was like, "That was fun." Now I'm bored. What else can I go do? Because my family was out of town for uh, yeah. my brother at soccer tournament. So I looked at the newspaper because that's what you used to have to do. <laughs> <laughs> to find out movie times. Yep. And uh, I went back and saw Double Dragon. That's the last time movies were 425. Dang. Yeah. It's been Street a minute. Street Fighter I guess, technically. But yeah. In a minute. So, yeah. So, the fact that you can go see any movie in any format for $4, it's worth dealing with the people. I'm sorry. Yeah. M- maybe not get snacks. Oh, speaking of snacks. Ruth and Grayson both got the little kids pack snacks. Oh, or, fruit snacks, popcorn in your small, your, your baby yeah. drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm just looking at them like, I, I, went, I was looking at Grayson like, you know better than this. Right. You're too up. Ruth, like, And I just looked at Ruth like, rookie. Yep. Better have that done. <laughs> yeah. Well, Grayson was mostly done. Just we ended up, I, she ate. She was still mad because they didn't put a lot of butter on the popcorn on her popcorn. She bitched about that like three times. Dang. I'm like, oh my god, just go talk to a manager after after this is over, okay? <laughs> Jeez, Get over box it. didn't have enough butter, right? Sorry. <laughs> Look what you've done to my nine year old. No, how dare you? But no, we just it's fine. But no, it's it was able to stay in roots the. The little tray thing was able to stay in her lap for the movie. I was like, I'm surprised because I yeah. had my lemonade and I that that was it. And surprisingly, the cup holder does well with the drinks. I was worried. Yeah, because uh, I I remember one time I went and they didn't have the normal lids mm-hmm. for it, so I had like the icy lid. I'm like, I yeah. don't know how this is gonna go, <laughs> but I, I just put like some paper towel, like some napkin yeah. I had. I just kind of stuffed it, so if it did shake, it would hit that first. Right. Didn't do too bad. Okay. <laughs> I drank cool. it down as far as I could without giving myself that, you know, drinking too much. Yeah, I, right. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to get up, but, um, but yeah, if you catch the right movie, you don't have to worry about, you know, being hurting the next day, like a workout. Exactly. Yeah, because I told Ruth about your, about your experience with Shang-Chi. <laughs> yep, that and Dragon Ball Superhero. Yep. I, I really haven't done 40X in a while. <laughs> Rise of the Beast was the last one I had done, and it was actually at Hundred Oaks in at that in in that theater. Yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. I said you have to. And I said not to worry. I said you really have to be mentally and physically right, you know, ready for it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's gonna, guys will not even bother. It's gonna own you. Yes. <laughs> so otherwise, forget it. So, but yeah, everybody had a great time, and then we went out, ran some errands, and then 
chilled, and then I went and saw our feature presentation last night, and then <laughs> that was it. Alrighty, uh, trailers. We have Rebel Moon, Zack Snyder's latest, coming to Netflix, December twenty second. When a peaceful colony on the edge of a galaxy finds itself threatened by the armies of a tyrannical ruling force, a mysterious stranger living amongst its villagers becomes their best hope for survival. This is Zack Snyder's Dune. No, I'm just... <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. Star Wars. It, it, it looks fine. It's It looks fine. But, yeah. I just don't... But, so, this is what I'll say. Watch the trailer for this movie and tell me that this is that you're okay with just seeing this at home instead of seeing this in the theater. Like, I've got a new bougie ass TV, I don't even want to watch it on that. I would rather see it in on the big screen, yeah. And then afterwards, go and watch it at home on the bougie TV. But first experience, you know, that's a theater movie, that's not a live like, streaming, <clears throat> like both extraction movies, yes, yes, 100%. Or even like watch. I mean, granted, we were, you know, theaters were closed, but the first Dune movie, as much as I only just think it's okay, mm-hmm. probably would love it more. Would probably actually really like it if I had seen it on a large screen. Yeah, that would have been IMAX for sure. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Maybe since they pushed the sequel out, they'll yeah. re release the first one. Oh, you know they will. And then maybe they'll do IMAX for that. So yeah. I'll, I'll go back and watch that in IMAX just to. Right. It, it does add, you know, because like I went to see Oppenheimer <laughs> and that and I saw it standard first, then went back. You know, that is a whole different movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> for me, because it's been a month. It was a month in between. It's just a whole different experience. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, sorry. Uh, Rebel Moon does star Sophia Butella, Cleopatra Coleman, Ed Screen, Charlie Hunnan. Jenna Malone, Carrie Ewells, Anthony Hopkins. There's a lot of people in there. Dinshavon Hansu, Corey Stoll. It's got a good cast. Good big cast. Oh, Ray Fisher's in it. Cyborg getting another role. There we go. It's like Snyder's working with him. Yep. It did you dirty. I got you. Yep. No worries. We got oh, and Dominic Burgess. So I, I met him. So Dominic Burgess, I met... When I volunteered for a National Film Festival in 2019, 2018, 2019. Yeah, he was uh, he was there promoting a movie, but also uh, trying to uh, he was doing pitches as well because they had a whole thing where you can pitch movies and TV ideas. So, yep, very nice person, very nice person. Yeah, so, got a picture with him and everything. Sounds awesome. Um. Anyway, so Rebel Moon, December 22nd, only on Netflix, according to the poster. <laughs> like, that sounds more like a threat than, a <laughs> than an invitation. Right. Uh, <clears throat> Next, we have the movie Foe. Hen and Junior farm a secluded piece of land that has been in Junior's family for generations. But their quiet life is thrown into turmoil when an uninvited stranger shows up at their door with a startling proposal. Dun, dun, dun. Starring Saoirse Ronan, 
Paul Miskal, Aaron Pierce. Try to see if there's anybody else that we may know. Nope. Uh, directed by Garth Davis. This is exclusively in theaters, according to this poster. October 6th. So it's a sci-fi movie. Okay. You can from the tra- if you watch the trailer, you'll see. And Aaron Aaron Pierce basically plays a robot. So so it's set in the future at some point. And Paul Miskell basically gets a chance to go up to space. But only him, not him and her. And then the robot is left there to take care of her. Interesting. Yeah. So <clears throat> it, it'll be interesting. Uh, but it looks, I mean, I'm, I am intrigued. We'll say that much for sure. And then lastly, we have the movie Rustin, which this just dropped this morning. Gay civil rights activist Bayard Rustin organized the 1963 March on Washington. This is expected to be released on Netflix November 17th, uh, directed by George C. Wolfe, starring Coleman Domingo as Bayard Rustin, Chris Rock, Glenn Turman, Amel uh, Amin, which, sorry, I had something on my screen, so it looked like it looked like instead of AML, it looked like AM exclamation point. <laughs> I'm like, okay. M. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's worse things. I mean, Pink has replaced her, her eye and her name with an with a exclamation upside down exclamation point. So I mean, it works. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. Uh, CCH Pounders also in it. Michael Pitts, Audrey McDonald, Jeffrey Wright. Looks like a great cast. We do love our biopics. <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah, that's what we got as far as trailers. You said you had mentioned that you had also seen one, right? Uh, yeah, when I, before I went to see our feature, they mm-hmm. showed a trailer for a movie called Freelance starring John Cena. <clears throat> so uh, an ex-Special Forces operator takes a job to provide security for a journalist as she interviews a dictator, but a military coup breaks out in the middle of the interview, they're forced to escape into the jungle where they must survive. So stars okay. John Cena, Allison Bree, Christian Slater, uh, Alice Eve. And there's no one else that I recognize. But um I mean it's like, you know, almost <laughs> kinda of reminded me of that movie with um Sandra Bullock and um Yeah, uh, The Lost City. Yeah, where but, you know, interview was interviewing somebody. Shit breaks down and John Cena's got to tap into his military force <laughs> training. Use his special skills to get them out of the jam. Also coming out October 6th. Yeah. So counter programming for a foe. <laughs> okay. Let's say from the director of Taken. Yep. Retirement didn't suit him. Freelance. Okay. All right, cool. All right, I guess it's time to buckle up, turn our PlayStations on, and uh, take a drive. <laughs> Classic opening sequence. Yep. <clears throat> so this week, for our feature presentation, we bring you Gran Turismo. Ready PG-13, runtime 2 hours, 14 minutes. <coughs> Starring David Harbour as Jack Salter, 
Orlando Bloom as Danny Moore, Archie Medique as uh, Jan Martinborough, and Tekihiro Hira as Kazunori Yamanuchi. Then uh, you also have Darren Barnett that plays Maddie Davis. I did not recognize Ginger Spice until the end when I saw the credits. I said, I said, did that just say Jerry Hallwell? Was, did I not? How did I not recognize Ginger Spice in this freaking movie? Shame it's, on me. It's crazy. I saw an article about it. I knew she was in it, but even when I was watching, yeah. it still didn't click. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, like she doesn't look, I mean, when you know it's her, you, you recognize her, but still, I'm just Since like. Since I read it, yeah. Yeah. I, I said, like, well, shit, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Because I, I read the name, like, no way, we got a Spice Girl in this movie. Damn Skippy. So it's Jerry Hollowell Horner. Yeah. As uh, basically Jan's mother, Wesley Martinborough. And then Dijamon Hansu as Steve Martinborough. Yeah. So this movie is directed by Neil uh, Blomkamp, who also directed Elysium and most importantly, uh, District 9 is what he's known for. But he has also directed Chappie and uh, as well as Demonic. Like he's directed a bunch of movies. And they're usually all more sci fi. Yeah. And kind of stays in that realm, but not in not this one. Stepping out the box. This, yeah. Which is great. Because he was able to take he is able to take what he's you know, all these different camera tricks and different things from shooting all these intricate sci-fi movies that involve a lot of special effects and a lot of different, uh, a lot of different shots and angles to really, uh, put something forward. Cause one of the hardest things I think to shoot is shooting like a car chase. So imagine yep. the entire movie is essentially just a big car chase cause it's a racing movie. Right. So you have to think about cameras on vehicles, cameras on in helicopters, you know, just just all these different shots you had to kind of plan out. And then you, the most important thing, how how am I going to make this fresh? Like, right. how am I going to make this something that people haven't already seen? Right. I mean, yeah. the story should be the reason for it. But the story itself is is a little kind of wild in of itself. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the story is bad. It's just it is it, it's got a. It's just one element of a bigger element. <laughs> yeah. Which, yes, I get that's how movies work. But still, that's you're, I'm not getting my point across. <laughs> Anyways, Gran Turismo is based on the unbelievable, inspiring true story, which literally in theaters it says Gran Turismo based on a true story. Yeah. Like, it might as well have been in colon. That's like, yeah, that's I, not I didn't even know. I honestly never knew about. <clears throat> I know I know of Gran Turismo. Yes. I never, I never played any of the games. So, yeah, me. you know, I mean, it kind of, it was interesting. They make a movie out of it, which yeah. they use the actual situation that happened to bring it about. <laughs> so yes, basically, so, yeah, open mind. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. and that's what I did too. I'm like, okay, well, this looks like it could be interesting, or it could be just not good. Yeah, but I'm like, well, just wait till then. And it's so uh, PlayStation yeah, exactly. pictures. Yeah. I'm like, uh, they kind of messed up. Uncharted, so <laughs> a little concerned. Yeah. 
Uh, Leah is an inspiring true story of a team of underdogs, a struggling working class gamer, a failed former race car driver, and an idealistic motorsport exec who risk it all to take on the most elite sport in the world. So Orlando Bloom basically is like the head of marketing for Nissan or Nissan, depending depending on where you live, really. Yeah. And he even floated back and forth. I'm like, bro, pick a lane. Right. (laughs) Which which is it? Yeah. Because I know the Brits. I know from watching Top Gear that the Brits say Nissan. Like, I mean, technically, that sounds about right because it has two S's. So it should be Nissan. Because if you replace the N with an H, what is it? It's Hisson. So, not Heeson. Yeah. A snake doesn't hease. <laughs> Wait, that sounded like a British person trying to say his. Hease. <laughs> the snake heased at me. The snake heased at me. Yeah. All right, never mind. I'm not making my point there either. <laughs> this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> um, But yeah, so he goes to... Tokyo to he's trying to get you know they're trying to get more people to want to drive Nissans to try and drive you know drive their actual cars yeah but they feel like by and also watch their you know want to follow their racing as well so he believes that the best ways that is is basically this untapped resource which are gamers that play Gran Turismo um what, is, what do you say, like 80 million players or something like that? It was some yeah, ridiculous. It's pretty high. It's, yeah, it's I, pretty high. It was pretty high. But that's worldwide, though, too. It's yeah. not, you know, just here. Yeah. And he, uh, oh, yeah, he's the marketing exec for Nissan UK. So yeah, it's not even for US, but for just for UK. And he goes in there and pitches, hey, what if we did a tournament in which we have all these gamers, you know, that we get a group, we have a competition in which uh, the best of the best drivers for Gran Turismo, the video game, mm-hmm. are challenged up against each other, and then only the top 10 get selected for this Nissan Academy. Yeah. And after that, they whittle it down to from 10 to 5 to 1. Yeah. The best drivers. And then that one driver has, you know, will then get a chance to, uh, well, in the academy, they learn how to drive the real actual race cars that they play in the video game. And they had, but they have to get, obviously, uh, they'll get trained how to drive it and everything. And then at the end, they just have these races and then you get knocked out for, you know, you get basically they like elimination. one thing or another. Yeah. Whether your training is off, attitude bad, or you just yeah. drive poorly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Or you exercise poorly, even like you're not even keeping up with the uh, physical training part. Don't have the stamina. Right. And so they, uh, so yeah, so they're, meanwhile, I mean, that's all Jan knows how to do. That's all he spends his time doing. Mm -hmm. And he's logged so many hours doing this. He knows everything about these cars and these tracks. Mm -hmm. And that his dad doesn't understand it. His dad played football and, uh, and, so Jan's brother also plays football and is really good. So, you know, his dad's trying to get Jan out of the house to come join him to play. You know, yeah. and he's like, I don't like it. Yeah. Like, that's good for you all, but this is what I like. Yeah. And so his dad has a hard time understanding playing video games. Is 
uh, you know, instead of actually sitting in there trying to watch him and trying to learn how to do it. Right. Instead of not under, you know, because for me, if I don't understand what York's interests are, and I think it's silly, but I'm not going to take the time to try and learn anything about it, that falls on me, not on, not on him. Yeah. So, because of course you're going to think it's silly until you actually get in it and try and see what makes it interesting to them. Right. Like, why is this their interest? And just, and when you see their love for that, you know, for their, the thing that they're interested in, mm-hmm. it's hard not to get behind them in it. Yeah, because so. there was a, there was a moment where he thought maybe there'd be a bonding moment because he's watching them and he's like, right, why aren't you following the line? He's like, yeah. well, you know, I'm just trying different things. You know, they do this, but if I go outside the line, I yeah. I, I beat people most of the time doing that. And so he's, right. I had a moment of like, yeah, but I still don't get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's still yeah, but it's still a video game. Yeah. And you know, like any and this kind of gets realized obviously at some point in the you know, later in the movie that part of it part of why he doesn't agree with the whole racing things, because obviously if he really did race, he could actually get hurt, if not you know, at minimum get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know. And he doesn't want anything to happen to his son because he still loves his son. He just that he he he's not supportive of racing because there's a greater chance of of injury or death, whereas yeah. soccer, you know, just injury. Yeah, you might get um, cleats to the, the midsection, you know. Yeah, <laughs> or cleats more, to, yeah. yeah. But, but you know, there's yeah. definitely a, a smaller risk of death. We'll just say. True. Unless you're in Mexico and you're in the stands, <laughs> then there's you might get stabbed. But you know, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> and then also, prior to the competition, his concern was his. He wanted his son to. Be something. He didn't think yes. that playing the game was going to lead him to anything career-wise. Yeah. He would just be still working that retail job, or you know, he wanted him to his his son to make something of himself, and he didn't think video games was the way to do it. Right. Yeah. And then competition comes. Then that other concern comes that oh, now he's doing it. Yeah. Now I'm concerned for his health. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And but didn't have a choice. He went anyways, and yeah. you know, then the big concern was in. It's something that I didn't think about until David Harbour said it, you know, because they because he was really tall because Jan's really, you know, is really tall. And compared to everybody else, he's like, and his exact words were, do you even fit in that race car? I'm like, oh, damn, I didn't even think about that because them cars aren't very aren't for tall people. No. And he's very long, lanky. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so but he he made I go and that good. And then some staying next to each other. Go, and I remember that go. Motherfucker, you're not short yourself, and you used to be a race car driver. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I was like, I bet if you, if I, because I would have been the person to be like, I mean, if you'll fit, then I'm sure I will. Right. <laughs> like, no, I see him, dude. So you're not, you're not a small guy yourself. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> or, or tall. You know, you're not short. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but I mean, he, but um, David Harbor's Jack. He's basically like, this is the competition for you to try to be a professional race car driver. I'm here to prove that you can't do it. I'm going to, exactly. he's going to be tough on them. Like they weren't expecting all the physical activity. They were going to be doing all the running the, on the treadmill. They weren't expecting that. They expect to just be sitting in the car, but he's explaining to them like the speed they're going, like the G force, that's going to put a lot of stress on them. <laughs> so yeah. You got to make sure they're ready. Otherwise they can die from that. <laughs> right. Just, yeah. Well, it said, what do you say? The G forces are the, are greater when you start driving those cars, the G force is going to be greater than what the astronauts feel whenever they lift off into space. Yeah. 
that is just wild to think <laughs> when about. I hear that, I'm like, you know what? I think I'll stick to video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm good, man. <laughs> I'll coach. I'm be your assistant. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go do that Richard Petty course and <laughs> pay a couple hundred and call it a day. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's and so the before we get too far ahead, David Harvard's Jack Salter is a former race car driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he you find out later on he had an accident, so he went to uh, basically working on cars, being an engi- being a like the lead engineer. Yeah, and he was working for one of the rival, or I guess. One of the uh, car company, you know, racing teams uh, as their engineer, but, you know, they're snobby and pretentious. So he, he's like, I got to get out of this and then agrees to to help Danny Moore with this team. And basically, yeah, and he's just basically like, listen, you're all going to fail. I'm just here to show you that you're going to fail. Basically, prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, basically is what it was. Yep. Because he didn't think any, he's like a bunch of game, you know, a bunch of gamers behind, behind the screen, think they could actually race race cars. I mean, just it is wild if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole completely different thing. It's like someone to spend most of the time playing Madden, but doesn't do any kind of physical activity, right? Trying to turn them into be a, you know, go to the NFL. It's yeah. gonna be difficult, especially if they don't have the physical conditioning. Like you yeah. may know plays how to. Like I don't understand everything about football, so. Me I get killed that first day. Oh, totally. Is different. That's, that's not. It's not high school. It's not flag. For, you know, just yeah. playing. You know, friends in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's some hard hitting. Like that. That would be a challenge too. So, uh, it for some reason it's kind of reminded me of this. So there's a, uh, would say he's referred to as a lit hop rapper. If you've listened to my other to the other podcast, time to wind down. I've had him on uh, as a guest, MC Lars. He has a. Uh, the song about Guitar Hero, mm-hmm. you know, basically just because you can, uh, let's see, just because you play Wii Golf doesn't make you Tiger Woods. Just uh, playing, uh, you know, basically playing Guitar Hero doesn't mean you can play guitar because, yeah. you know, it's just buttons and stuff. So, anyways, it's a great song. Um, guitar Hero Hero, I think it's what's Guitar Hero Hero. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Anyways, it's a great song. But it's just basically about just because you could play these video games, you know, just could put just because you could play uh, Tony Hawk doesn't make you Tony Hawk, right? <laughs> so yeah, let it go, yeah, yeah. head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it uh, it, it's it's great. So, but that's you know, it's basically what this movie's you know essentially trying to prove against. Mm-hmm. And what's fat? I mean, when you see based on a truth, I'm like, all right, there's a lot of elements about this. I'm sure it's true. I'm curious. I haven't had a chance to look, but I'm curious if there actually was a different like rival one or two racers or if that was just for dramatic effect. So uh, it's one thing I'm kind of curious about. But so the uh, the real Jan uh, Martinborough was actually the was actually the stunt double for uh, for the character in the movie. So. That's cool. They actually had so he actually was able to drive. You know, all the driving is actually him, the real person, the real driving. I mean, it's the yeah. real driving. So it's about you can't get much more real than that. True. So it was that's pretty cool. So it, uh, <clears throat> but it's what's great about this is that this really is a movie you could take, you know, the family to. 
as you kind of worded it when uh, you were telling me about it, if you saw the movie Ford versus Ferrari, it's similar in ways that, you know, it's about racing and it's about, you know, it's about Le Mans, just like this yeah. race, the big race in this one ends in Le Mans, is uh, they're all racing, but it's all, it's a movie you could watch with your kids. Like, it's a, it's not one that's like, now if they're interested, obviously, but right. the, the story itself, it should, you know, what is inspiring. So kids watching this should be like, holy crap, if this gamer could eventually become, you know, a professional race car driver, I can take, you know, then there's hope for me to be able to do what I love and make, you know, and, and really achieve my goals that I, my dreams that I have. So possible. I think, yeah, anything is possible. So it, yeah, I mean, the movie was beautifully shot. Uh, all the different camera angles, the way they immersed you into the into the movie. Mm-hmm. There's one thing I wish they would have done more of that, but you only saw it tw- at the very very beginning when they were trying to escape the police. And when they uh, were do- import in, in putting like the, the gaming aspect of things like yes, they incorporated the games like yes, yeah, like evaded evaded cops achievement unlocked or something like that or yeah. they had a little check mark and sounds <laughs> yeah i thought that was really awesome i thought i was like oh okay that's really funny and also kind of you know, also really cool because it makes it feel like you're in a game yeah and you know i think uh, it was kind of showing like how that's how Jan's are, is is seeing things like yes he's putting himself in a gaming situation to help him get out of this car chase predicament yeah yeah predicament but then they, I mean they did do some stuff like when he was driving on the actual race they mm-hmm. the way they used like he show put him back where he was in his room playing yes. the game his dad was watching him you know I like those effects that they had um, yes they did have some some like video game effects where it looked like the, yes. a GTA game I'm like I'm not GTA GT Grand right. Turismo but um yeah there were some moments where I was I do wish they did more of that just yes putting putting the actual game in it for certain effects right. But um, but those were <laughs> those were not yeah there were those were nice touches though yeah because it would show the, like the the racers line and then you, they would also show you Jan's line mm-hmm. and how they differed and then just showing you different things like that like they would in a video game yeah because I mean technically the racers in real life were following certain lines just like in the video game and so he's right. like let me let me let me do this my way <laughs> uh-huh. and then do my own and like just he was doing things you can't train someone to do he just had that innate ability from a video game that he was able to pull and use it in real situation which doesn't always happen but it worked out for him (laughs) yeah yeah i i and the performances were really well like it's like i really loved orlando bloom in this movie yeah it's weird i still didn't recommend like that's what i mean yeah (laughs) yeah but like you couldn't decide whether you liked him or hated you know whether you did or didn't like him yeah, I you really kind of towed the a, line on that one. Yeah, I wasn't sure where he actually placed. Was he really with them, or was he going to try to, you know, undercut them at some point? You know, right. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, the, I, re- I really enjoyed this movie. And uh, I picked York up this morning to go take him to school, him and his buddy Cole. And I told him, I go, dude, we're going to have to go see this. I said, you're going to want to go see... It's like, I know you want to see Gran Turismo. I said, we are definitely going to have to go see that this weekend because you're going to love it. I yeah. said, I had a blast. 
And I always saw it in 2D. Like, I don't need to see it in 4DX. Same. It'll be, it would be fun, but I don't need to. It's, I wouldn't mind watching it in IMAX, but it's on, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm going to Hendersonville for it. Right. But it was, but still, I was like, the sound and the visuals in IMAX would just been Mm. amazing. Yeah. It was beautiful movie. Uh, There's a, but yeah, there's a many of the film's racing sequences were actually shot uh, with the. I'm gonna butcher the name because I'm not a racing person. Mm-hmm. Hungar Hungarog in Hungary, standing in for various different circuits, most notably the Hungar Hungaring Hungaring uh, stands in for uh, Silverstone Silverstone during the GT Academy sequences. Uh, the drivers drive the circuit in reverse in an attempt to mask the real location, as well as Le Mans, where several of the Hungarians' distinctive corners are used, the final corner being the most noticeably different than the real-life layout of the circuit uh, de la Sarthe, in spite of the addition of set dressing and digital backdrops to obscure its location. All right. Um Darren Barnett's character, Maddie Davis, is loosely inspired on the real-life Brian Heitkotter, who was winner of GT Academy alongside Jan Martinborough on 2011. Uh, Screenwriter Zach Balin cited Rocky and Top Gun as influences on this film. Okay, I can see that. There were a ton of product placements in this movie. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yes, I get it because it's racing, but they were. It's, I mean, I've seen, I've seen more Puma logos in this movie than I think I have in years. Yeah, <laughs> Puma's still alive. <laughs> yeah, they kicking. See, see what I did. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was just like, oh. I thought that was. Again, I don't care. And of course, you know, he gets the Sony. Uh, Jack's using a Sony Walkman, not unlike one I probably had a long time ago. Yeah. <sighs> Even the but, MP3 player was a Sony MP3 player. Of course. So of I course. Like, I should have yeah. got him a Zoom, but now this is yeah. Sony. But um, <clears throat> I like Jan's way of getting prepared. I was listening to like, Kenny G yes. and Anya. Just listen to that. that yeah. kind of, I was like, that's cool. That's how he relaxes. <laughs> Here's my old ass. Is that Silhouette by Kenny G? <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't like, even name I the hate, title, but I sh- that's what I hate about it is that I could. I knew that I knew I knew it was Kenny G. Yeah. <laughs> I recognized playing, mm-hmm. but I was just like, all right. So that's how we go relax. Cool. If it works, it works, man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But um, yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, yeah, the story kind of took a backseat to the race and stuff, but it fit, you know. It's kind of a father-son bonding. Like, will they connect? Yeah. Won't they? Um, they Yachty's and ha- even has like a love interest, which they introduce early. So which, later on, but it also they off. don't make it. But also they don't make it. Like no, it's not the focus. It's, it's not the focus. Yeah, but they don't make. Yeah, they. But they did a good job. Like, hey, don't forget that this is also happening. Yeah, it, yeah. it didn't fill out a place. It wasn't like right. you're sitting like, oh man, I hope you know we don't need right. this no it, it fit you know it's yeah. somebody that we show early on that he's interested in it was your c plot essentially it wasn't yeah. your a or b plot it was your c plot and then jack's like won't you 
Invite that girl that you're always looking at pictures of. It, you know, like I see you. Just bring just her out. On the internet. Yeah, just bring her out, man. And so, like, so their interaction makes sense. And it's not heavy. It's just it's there. Then yeah. they take it out, get back to the story. And yep. so everything works out. Like I said, I was worried because with it being Sony and PlayStation Pictures and Gran Turismo, are they going to focus more on the video game? Well, they actually have a story, which I didn't know about. So yep. I think it's pretty cool that they took some video gamers and made one a professional. Yeah. And one has won over 200 races. I think yep. is what they said at the, what I read at the end. Yep. That's so. pretty dope. Cool, cool. Go check it out. Yeah, it will not You're disappoint. Up, yep. You are up this week, my friend. All righty. So, I took a venture to Netflix, uh, Netflix, Hulu, to watch my next entry. So, I watched uh, Vacation Friends 2 which is a sequel to the original that which came out in 2021. Uh, this came out August 25th, runtime of an hour and 46 minutes. Uh, same director coming back, Clay Tarver. And pretty much everyone, the first movie that could come back is back. You have Will Rail Howery as Marcus, Yvonne Orji as Emily, John Cena as Ron, Meredith Hagner as Kyla, Steve Buscemi as Reese Hackford, um, Carlos Santos as Marilio, who's the concierge from the first movie. Um, Ronnie Chang is Yun, and Jamie Hector is Warren. <clears throat> so a couple years after the events of the previous movie, Marcus and Emily invite Ron and Kyla to a five-day vacation in the Caribbean, while Marcus secretly has a scheduled meeting with the Korean owners of their hotel. The arrival of an unexpected guest throws the whole trip into chaos. Hmm. So we have Ron and Emily hooking up again. I mean, Ron and Kyla, again, hooking up with Marcus and Emily. This time, they're going to the Caribbean, and Ron invited them to kind of give them their honeymoon that they didn't get from the first movie. What he doesn't tell them that this is also a vacation. It's a vacation slash business trip. So the first part of the vacation, they're going to spend time together, and then Ron and Kyla, they'll go back home, and then they'll have another couple of days so we can conduct this meeting for his construction company, because the owners of the hotel want to employ them to do some renovations. So he's trying to close this deal. Um, also, Ron and Emily reveal that they're not Ron and Emily. So I keep getting them confused. <laughs> Marcus mm-hmm. and Emily reveal to Ron and Kyla that they're trying to have a baby, you know. And Marcus is so into it that he's downloaded the Ovulation app to his phone, which, you know, Emily's kind of weirded out. Like, it's kind of weird that you got that on your phone instead of me having it on mine. But, you know, just kind of show that he's 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 all for it. He's excited. Doesn't want any confusion about when they can try doing the thing to make this happen. Um, but so they end up going to the Caribbean, end up at the hotel. And while they're hanging out at the beach, Marcus notices a group of suits coming out of the lobby. And so he gets a phone call from his business partner, from his coworkers back in the States. And they said, we got to let you know that the person you're meeting pushed up their meeting a couple of days. And he's like, why is that? Well, you know, some of her staff arrived early. So, so it's good that you're already there. (laughs) So um, one of the representatives comes and talks to him and says, they look forward to having their meeting. And that's when Marcus reveals to Ron and Kyla what's really going on. Like, yeah, we're here for a vacation, but also I have a business meeting I got to take care of. 
So he's trying to keep them kind of contained because they're pretty wild, especially mm-hmm. Ron. And if they get to drinking, they get really wild. So he's like, look, just be normal, you know, so I can don't mess up my deal. So I'm going to like uh, a dinner that night and they meet the lead, which is um, Marnie Chang's young, who's the lead. And um, he doesn't really like Marcus. He tells him, like, you weren't our first choice to do this. So you got a lot that you got to do to impress me, basically. And um, so he gets introduced to Ron and Kyla, who are trying to subdue themselves, be just normal. Yeah. And so, but Ron reveals that he can speak Korean, which Yun is impressed by, which kind of gets Marcus out of the jam he's in. And then we have our unexpected uh, guest show up, which happens to be Kyla's dad, who just got parole from prison. So everybody's kind of confused as to why he's there, because, you know, how does he know where they are? And so Kyle reveals that she told him the hotel they were going to, that they were going to the Caribbean. And just like he's always done, he just shows up and surprises me. <laughs> so um, so previously, Marcus asked Ron how, you know, he's speaking Korean and how does he always seem to get himself out of jams? So Ron reveals to Marcus, like, you know, I got a secret for you. Everybody likes me. And, you know, everybody I meet, I like. And so, you know, Marcus doesn't believe him. But Kyle's like, no, like, that's why I love him, because everybody loves him and he loves everybody. He meets. Yeah. Like, it's just a good people person. So as soon as Ron meets um, Kyle's dad, Reese, you notice there's a bit of a um, tension between them. So you wonder, so does Reese like Ron? And Ron's trying to do things to impress him and whatnot. So let's see. Also, Ron and Kyle have a baby. And so the concierge from the first movie is brought into this movie kind of like as their babysitter. So his his most the main thing he is with this movie is kind of a little mm-hmm. comic relief and babysitter. But um, so <clears throat> so they end up heading to like um evening dinner, mm-hmm. and Marcus is trying to find Yun to talk to them about what they're gonna do meeting wise later on. And he falls into like a, a drinking contest. So this is like an after work drinking thing that they do to bond. Um, prior to that, they try to go surfing and Marcus gets hurt. And he's got stomach problems. So he tries to explain to Yun that he can't, I can't drink. Like, I can't do this tonight because I'm just not up to it. And it's like, well, it's pretty disrespectful because this is how we, this is how we bond. So he says, somebody has to drink. So that's when he pulls Ron in. They have a drinking contest. He pretty much drinks everybody under the table. So they have their... They have their own person that they bring in to drink and they, they take, they take like a big tall beer glass of, um, I mean, it might be rum, right? But Ron wins that, but the other guy drinks to the point that he damn near dies. <laughs> and, um, like he just sitting there and they take his pulse. He's like, ah, I think he might be dying here. But, um, there are more things with, with, uh, Reese, <clears throat> he's trying to get them to, he's trying to get Ron and, <clears throat> Kyle had to donate like forty to fifty thousand dollars for this crypto business that he's come into, mm-hmm. and also he's trying to find this money that belongs to these drug lords on the island. And the whole time, nobody knows about it. You know, Marcus they think that Dad's up to something. He's it's not trustworthy, or whatnot. Like there's something up with him. Um, let's see. And then there's a lot going on in this movie compared to the first. You know, the first movie you just had the two couples meeting and getting into stuff, but then. You have them reuniting. You have the dad. You have a gangster. You have the babysitter concierge. You have it's 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 too much going on in this. It's overstacked. It's stacked. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of takes away from 
what the first had, where it was just this couple interacting. The dad coming in was a bit of a distraction. Him trying to find this money that belongs to these drug lords is a bit of a distraction. So there there are fun moments in it, but it's just too overloaded with other things that I just wasn't able to enjoy it as much as I thought it would. Gotcha. Um, I mean, it's still got some funny moments, but, um, I don't know. I just didn't stick the landing for me this time, you know, what there, going on, huh? Too much, too much to really just be able to enjoy it. Um, I did rewatch some of it this morning and, um, yeah, like it starts off pretty strong, but then once it gets to the middle, it starts to lose some of its glue. Yeah. And just gets, becomes kind of a mess. <laughs> But overall, mm-hmm. for streaming, it's a good background movie for doing something else. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I think Ronnie Chain's character is, uh, is he playing the same character as he was playing in Joyride? Because I feel like it's it, it felt like it. It felt like it. <laughs> that's like, it did. That's like, oh, I wonder if it's the same person. And it's just, he's just a, it's a he's still, uh, what do you call it, a, a variant. Of, he's still a bit of a butthole. But he takes a shine in Ron, because like, you know, everybody likes yeah. Ron. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty similar to that character, you know, cause the drinking yeah. that takes place in it, like they do that and enjoy rise. So I was like, mm. but he's still funny. Like he's one of the better parts of the movie, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I like John Cena in this, I still feel like Laurel is every time I see him act, it just feels like he's doing a Kevin Hart impression. Yeah. Like, that's all I'm, that's all I'm feeling. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Everybody else did well. Um, Meredith and Yvonne, they played their characters well. But um, I don't know. It was just, a, it was just really overloaded. <laughs> it's almost like they should have introduced the dad maybe for a third one. And just focused on this business meeting and interaction with the, with, with, with the, with this company. You know, mm-hmm. focus, could have focused on that. But, um, but yeah, it was cool. Okay. So... <clears throat> I decided to stick with racing as a theme. Not only that, someone that wasn't traditionally known for racing. So Gran Turismo is a gamer that decides to, not decides, wins a chance to become a race car driver that people doubted to be a legitimate race car driver. I watched a documentary. I know. It's actually been a while since I've watched a documentary, to be honest. (laughs) It's been a bit. (laughs) It's been a while. Yeah, so... <clears throat> put my tiptoes back in there and watched a documentary about called winning the racing life of Paul Newman. Now everyone, I think most people know how much I love that. Paul Newman is one of my most favorite actors, you know, Cary Grant, Paul Newman. So, um, my two faves, James Stewart too, I guess. Uh, so I decided, you know what? Just it's like I know he used to be a race car driver, and then I found this documentary from 2015 hmm. uh, with a runtime one hour twenty three minutes. This is a documentary chronicling the 35 year car racing career of Paul Newman. The documentary showcases Newman's racing life as both a prolific driver as well as an owner. It is directed by Adam Carolla, yes, that Adam Carolla, and uh, Nate Adams, who also did additional was an additional director. Uh, so basically, Adam Carolla, so at a, pre-scre- a pre-release screening for, uh, for the documentary, 
Adam Carolla shared that his interest in restoring winning Datsun and Nissan or Nissan eh, race cars became the quote happy coincidence in quote that led him to discover the somewhat unknown life about how Paul Newman, after becoming one of the brightest stars in Hollywood through his acting in his late forties, he was 47 when he started driving Wow. Uh, late in life uh, for a race car driver focused his pursuits at being a standout race car driver and top level racing series team owner. Wow. 47 is when he hopped in a car and decided, Hey, I think I like this. Yeah. yeah. I want to do this in addition to acting. In fact, I'm loving this probably maybe a little bit more than I'm acting. Well, going so after what you love. So he first got introduced because in 1969, he made a movie called winning, which mm-hmm. hints that's part of, uh, which that's part of why it's called uh, this documentary was called winning. I have not w- watched the 69 movie racing movie. I can't find it. I looked for it because I was trying to find it to watch and talk right. about today. Instead of found the documentary, which I'm definitely glad I found because it was fascinating. Uh, so while I was training at Watkins Glen racing school for the filming of winning a night, uh, 1969 film, uh, his driving instructor, Bob uh, Bondurant, who is a very famous uh, instructor as far as like racing instructor, as far as like stunt driving as well, all that kind of stuff. Uh, basically, according to Bondurant, his love and passion for uh, basically talked to him about his love and passion for racing. Newman agreed in 1971 to star in and host television special Once Upon a Wheel. On the history of auto racing, his first professional event as a racer was in 1972 at Thompson International Speedway. He quietly entered as P.L. Newman. So it's Paul Leonard Newman's his full name. So okay. he, by which he continued to be known uh, in the racing community throughout his career. Uh, he was a frequent competitor in Sports Car Club of America, SCCA, events for the rest of the decade eventually winning four national championships. The first one he kind of lucked into because the guy kind of wrecked his vehicle on the final lap. And then he's, uh, but the other three, he won outright, you know, just against uh, heat. Speaking of Le Mans in 1979, he drove in the, or he drove in the 1975 or 1979, uh, 24 hour of Le Mans and Dick Barber's, Porsche 935 and finished in second place. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Newman reunited with Barber in 2000 to compete in the Petit, Petit Le Mans, basically, I guess, a shorter version of it. In 2000, mind you, he passed away in 2008. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> I believe he was 80. Yeah. So his last race, uh, the last two races he was involved in, he uh, his car number was 82, which was his age. And the only reason why he quit racing is because it was the heat while driving all this, you know, driving these race cars, you know, got up to like 130 degrees up in the car. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, his body just can handle the heat like he used to. No offense. I don't know if anybody can handle, you know, how anybody can handle that heat personally. You right. know, those cars, those cars don't have air conditioning because. Yeah. But I mean, at 82, 
hit 82, the heat finally got to him. Was like, exactly. Hey, I've had enough. I've had enough. Yeah, the heat got to him. Not yeah. he had a hard time seeing or, you know, his coordination and all that just went yeah. up to speed. No you think it. that would you think that would come in first? <laughs> right. No. Because of the heat. Damn. You wouldn't like this heat. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, exactly. So yeah, so from the mid seventies to the early nineties, he drove for uh, the Bob Sharp racing team, racing mainly Datsuns, later re- rebranded as Nissans. Uh, in the Trans Am series, he became closely associated with the brand during the 80s, even appearing in commercials for them in Japan and having a special edition of the Nissan Skyline named after him. I would like that one. Yeah. <laughs> Although that thing's got to be. Oh, my God. I'm just thinking of a Nissan Skyline and how much gas those things, especially in the 80s. <laughs> Big honkers, but they're hard to drive. Uh, at the age of 70 years and eight days, Newman became the oldest driver to date. To be a part of a winning team in a major sanctioned race, winning in his class at the 1995 24 Hours of Daytona. Wow. <laughs> 70 years old. 70. And he won 24 Hours of Daytona. That means we really have no excuse to not <laughs> get, go for your dreams. Right? Yeah. I mean, literally, he started, and again, he started driving at 47. That's like a year and some change, year and a few months for me. Yeah. Wow. It's just crazy. I mean, it's just, yeah. You're never too old to do no. something that you, to learn to do something you love. That's true. It's just crazy. But he all, and uh, among his last major races were the Baja 1000 in 2004 and 24 Hours of Daytona once again in 2005. It's just, yeah. But, you know, and then it gets, so it talks about basically him in race the the main focus is just his racing career it does briefly talk it has to talk about his movie career at some point because how that kind of factors in and if you look at his imdb during this time period it's becoming a little more scarce because he's spending so much time racing right his life and i'm sure well some people may or may not know his last movie credit feature film was cars because he played the judge yeah. And uh, they, there's a great uh, there's a great uh, interview in this movie with I think was it Lasseter, John Lasseter? Is that his name? I think uh, the guy for Pixar. Anyways, I, I think I think it is. Anyways, there's a great uh, interview with him where he's talking about uh, when the, his idea for cars and that how he would he loves Paul Newman. He he's like, well, would love to approach him about basically trying to be involved in this movie and, you know, voice doing a voice for it. Mm-hmm. And we were really surprised the next day that when we heard back from him and he said, yes. And he just really, cause he, he just really loved how much they tried to incorporate as much real history into the movie cars about racing and make it as accurate as possible. And that his, uh, the Hudson Hornet was an actual race car and that, they tried to really incorporate that history. And so he, he really loved that aspect. And apparently he just, a lot of what, a lot of the accuracy in the movie cars mm-hmm. is thanks to Paul Newman's input in conversations with him. Wow. Cause he just loved to talk about racing and the history and then just the, you know, and all the aspects of it. So a lot of what you see as far as like the accuracy of the movie cars is thanks to Paul Newman. Wow. 
and a couple other race car drivers that they interview that they talked to as if uh especially about when like in cars where he's trying to teach them how to drive on dirt mm-hmm. and that you have to uh you have to go left to go right and yeah. that's taken from what you know talking to these drivers that you know are used to driving in dirt and everything so it's really cool how much of an influence Paul Newman really had on the movie cars. So to make it as, and, uh, I think auto trend or one of those car magazines named cars, the most accurate depiction of race car of racing. Wow. So Kerchow. <laughs> <laughs> Kerchow, man. Uh, but this, if you're a fan of racing, you'll love this movie. If you're, if you're like me and a fan of Paul Newman, you'll love this movie even more. It also kind of touched on his philanthropy work. Like he used to make his own uh, his own salad dressing, mm-hmm. and you know at one point because he doesn't have enough going on between acting and racing, he said, "I think I want to start my own salad dressing business." Yeah, and so he got one of his racing buddies. He got his wife to make the design for the Newman's own salad dressing. And he wanted it to look different than all the other ones. Right. I said, well, the only way that you can you'll get people to buy it is if you put your face on it. So she's the one that's responsible for all the different cartoon ones for the, each salad dressing design. Mm-hmm. And then I guess in the in the weaves is like her name. And I guess they're like she's the most uh, popular artist because her work's been reproduced so many times. <laughs> wow. You know, through these bottles. Yeah. And it talks about his charities and the camps and all the, you know, all the good things he does, he's done for others. But it also talks about how crazy the paparazzi was during this time of his racing, like climbing up, like they'll be at, you know, at a hotel for a race and people, you know, like paparazzi legit climbing up the balconies, especially when they heard they was coming to Le Mans. These, yeah. In that some people would like reporters and stuff would try and come while they're at a pit stop, um, try and come up and interview them. Dang. I was like, damn, <laughs> that's that's pretty ballsy right there. Yeah, become a now, <laughs> trying to do that. Shit. Shoot, yeah, <laughs> they don't play anymore. <laughs> yeah, but that's he was such a private person that you know he really hated the paparazzi and everything. But he wouldn't actually. He's also a nice guy, so he wouldn't actually go. Yeah, yeah, you know, but he really hated that aspect of you know the celebrity life, but. What he was able to do, you know, he was he would talk and be open to people that he was he was close to, but he wouldn't, uh, but not just anybody. And right. so he still stayed fairly private about some stuff. But yet, you know, he wanted kind of, you know, because he's just working class, he, you know, grew up working class. So he's just used to working hard and you know, making sure others that are less fortunate are taken care of. And that's, yeah, you know, why I think four hundred and his Newman's own uh, $430 million to charities Wow! as of, you know, it's 2015. Yeah. You know, when, when the documentary came out, just amazing. That's good. Cause that to me, people that have it, right. Or, you know, have the ability to give back do. Exactly. So anyways, I, I highly recommend, I had to rent this on iTunes, but I was, for, I think it was like three dollars, three four dollars. Mm-hmm. It was worth it, a hundred percent worth it. Um, yeah. So, winning the racing life of Paul Newman. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Um, real quick, not to get too much into it. 
first two episodes of Ahsoka were amazing. Yep. Far better than half the stuff they put up. And I don't know much about what's going on. Same. Because I realize it's not it's not Clone Wars I need to be watching. It's Star Wars Rebels, because that's where most of these characters are from. Okay. Okay. So I'm watching yeah. the wrong one. So, that's yeah. Funny. I mean, the whole time I was, well, I, I've kind of felt the same way. Like, I don't know what's connected, <laughs> yes. but I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm watching. Yes. The script is really well done in, in the fact that you, if, if you're like us and don't know these characters very well, you are still, you're still uh, invested because yeah. of how well it's written and acted in just these first two episodes that have come out. So yeah. uh, it's definitely one of their better shows, Star Wars shows that they've put out. I'll say one thing during some of the scenes, one, one thing that kind of bothered me, there's, there's a lot of pausing in between them talking, like somebody will say something and then be a bit second or two, then respond. I was getting kind of yeah. frustrated with them. Like, come on. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's taking a while to get through the conversations. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, I get that. But, but outside of that, I was, you know, that's the only thing that kind of bothered me, kind of bugged me. Yeah. Um, but the special effects are really well done. Yeah. The acting's great. Makeup's stellar. Like, it's on point. Like, it looks like a, it's a Star Wars movie, not a, not a show. They took so. their time with this. They let it bake. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, you know, you could tell everybody's they're taking a lot of care with it as well because they you know, trying to show respect to the property and to the fans more than anything. Kind of have to. <laughs> yeah, things been got to get the quality up. <clears throat> um, and real quick, uh, if anybody's seen our our post this week, um, <clears throat> we've also started watching on Paramount Plus special up op, special ops colon lioness. Uh, also worth checking out episode seven, I think just dropped. Um, if you're watching it, episode four, uh, you will see our friend and uh, past guest Michael Toe playing the doctor in this, and uh, yeah, another great performance. Um, not sure if we'll see him again this season, but so far, he's he was really good in it. I really liked him, it was good to see him. And I sent him a message, and, you know, and told me I knocked it out, and of course, he can't talk too much. Right. about it and you can't do any appearances right now because of the strike which we fully support and respect but um, you know when you know once things get settled you know please come on so we could talk about you yep so yeah um and we'll delve more into the these shows as they progress we're kind of running short on time this week so we're trying but we want to be sure everybody's watching these because they are both worth watching and uh very entertaining. Also, reservations dog, reservation dogs in their final season. Okay, is is it's worth watching. This season's awesome. been pretty pretty good. Everybody's kind of getting their own little story each episode. So they're kind of okay. going out going out with uh, you know, going out strong basically. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, so this week, Wednesday, if you've seen us post the trailer for Slaughter House, it is a one day only. At 7 p.m., I guess it's like a Fathom event special, kind of like Winnie Pooh, Blood and Honey was. Uh, hopefully, it'll go to streaming or at least on demand fairly quickly because I don't think too many of us are going to be able to catch that. But uh, it looks campy as hell, and I can't wait. Yeah. I'm totally for it. 
<clears throat> Maybe do a, they'll do a wider release later. Maybe. Fingers crossed. At least, at least give it a couple weeks. Exactly. Um, Friday, we have The Equalizer 3. Uh, I just watched the second one a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to probably go back and rewatch the first one. So yeah. I'm actually kind of excited for this one. It'll be the first time that Dakota Fanning and uh, Denzel Washington have been together on a movie in, I think, what was it, 18 years or something like that since Man on Fire? It's been a while. But yeah, yeah, I saw it side by side. It's like crazy. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot she was the kid in that movie. Yeah. Tony yeah. Scott movie, I think. Tony or Ridley. <laughs> I think it was Ridley Scott. Tony Scott passed away before that movie. Yeah. Uh, but that I really actually like that movie. Um, so, yeah. So this will be good. It, this looks great already. And then uh, we have Never Give Up and The Good Mother coming out Friday as well. Boom, boom. So, yep. forward to yeah, I recently watched the second one, too, because I, I never watched it. Mm-hmm, me either. I, um, I'd always seen clips from it. But I'm like, I think I got to watch that. So I finally watched it, I think, late last year or maybe sometime this year. Right. But yeah. Um, but yeah. They're talking about maybe doing like a prequel with the son, having him play okay. him younger. Yeah. So, but I don't know. We'll see how this does. Right. Exactly. See if we really need to cross that bridge or not. Right. Or maybe his son could just have his own franchise. Yeah. Just do his own thing. Yeah. Bring out Tenet 2. Exactly. <laughs> Tenet 2. Sounds like, speaking of racing, Tenet 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's the dad pun for today. There we go. <laughs> uh, keep your hands at tenant too. Uh, all right. With that bad dad pun, we'll close on that. Uh, well, thank you everybody for listening again and hope everyone has an amazing week and we will talk to y'all in next week, not September. We still got a couple more days. No, no Friday. Friday. We'll be yeah. September. All yeah, right. Next month. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Okay, that's right, because Friday we got to wake Billy Joe Armstrong up. <laughs> got to wake him up when September ends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, that's so. Yeah, let him go to sleep. <laughs> you, you can sleep next to Mariah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I know. Putting that in already the universe, about summer. I saw the Mariah. I'm like, no, it's too soon for that. We got to get through too Halloween too first. Yes. Halloween. Then, then, then we get to that. And we'll suffer through that again. Yeah. Ugh. Damn it. <laughs> Soon as Halloween's over, that's when they thaw out. <laughs> I'm about to say, if she tries to she tries to thaw out before Halloween, Michael Myers has a few things to say. <laughs> yeah. Jason too. Taking my face. Yes. <laughs> my day. My day. <laughs> All right, everybody. Y'all have a great week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Our show recommends us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.